0: All right, welcome to episode one of the Scrapyard. I'm your host, Scrap. My real name is not important. And we just out here. We're going to talk some shit. We're going to keep it real. I might say some things that offend you. That's fine. You got to deal with it or don't listen to it. Either way, we rocking. So we're going to talk about a few different things today. But the first thing we're going to get into is baseball is back. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Baseball is back. Last Thursday, we had our first doubleheader. We had the Yankees and the Nationals, followed by the Giants and the Dodgers, which was a complete waste of time, unless you're a Dodgers fan, because the Giants are trash. Even though they held their own against the Dodgers in the series, they're still trash. But that's the beauty of a 60-game season, ladies and gentlemen. We have a whole lot of teams... That are going to be rocking. We got 16 playoff spots in the new expanded world of baseball playoffs. And we got 60 games to decide it. So, what does that mean exactly? It means that the trash teams, or the teams that people thought were going to be trash, and probably would be trash if we played 162 games, are now going to have a chance. And for some of those teams, they're going to have more than a chance. Let's go division by division and see what I'm talking about. We're going to start off with the AL East. That's my favorite division. Why? Because I'm a Yankees fan all day, every day. Yankees forever. 27 championships and counting. And if you don't like it, well then, why don't you go get a couple more championships and then fight me about it. All right? All right. AL East, here we go. Yankees slated to win the division, as they should. Tampa Bay should be second. Toronto is my dark horse. Toronto's got enough young hitters to keep it interesting. I think they can slide into that wild card spot. But don't sleep on Boston. And I hate Boston. Anybody who's from New York is not a Boston fan by nature. And if you are, then you're lying to yourself and you're one of those Dominican dudes that just like David Ortiz and Manny Ramirez when the Dominicans were a thing in Boston, which is one of the biggest racist cities in the world, by the way. So that's kind of ironic. But we'll go to slide past that. And we're going to say Boston is also a dark horse. Why? Because they have JD Martinez. They have Bradley in center field. They have Verdugo, who they got in a trade with Betts, who's a really good player, and you're sleeping on him. And they got a bunch of good role players. And they know how to win, right? So even though their coach is like 90 years old, and they did my man Alex Curry dirty, because who cares? Everybody in baseball steals signs. Nobody cares about stealing signs. You still got to see the ball and hit the ball, which is my problem with the whole steroid era because everybody was doing it. Everybody knew about it. Nobody cared, and Barry Bonds still got one pitch a game, and he sent it into the motherfucking river. But we're not going to talk about that either. We're going to keep it on topic. So, at least, recap. Yankees in first place. Bay Rays in second. Toronto and Boston. My opportunity to, I think, win... Either one or both wild cards. Now we go to the central. Cleveland Indians, they have no chance. No chance because Clevenger is their best pitcher, and he's really good. They got the other dude that started for them. He's decent. I can't remember his name right now, but he's decent. But if you're relying on those two guys, you're not going to do it. Lindor is going to get traded because he has to, because you have to get something for him. And the rest of that team is hit or miss. Jose Ramirez, I love you. You're the man but I'm just not confident in you to do anything for me for a whole season, even though it's shortened. Why? Because I love, 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 love the Minnesota Twins offense. I absolutely love it. And even though they're pitching a suspect, they have Jose Perez, who's their ace, and everybody else can fall in line and just figure it out. But I think that with that offense, they're at least, at least going to get you one playoff series win as long as you don't play the Yankees, who they've never beaten ever, which is kind of crazy. And then I love the White Sox. The White Sox have a fantastic young team. They are loaded from top to bottom. You got Abreu. You got Moncada You got Eloy Jimenez, which is the best thing that the Cubs should have never gave up. And then you got my man, Luis Roberts. Cuban. Perfect player. You don't know how old he is because he's Cuban. And their birth certificates are as fucking real as a Dominican baseball player's. Not at all. Not at all. And then they got decent pitching. They have an okay bullpen, but they're going to give you six to seven runs a game, like just like the Twins. So they're going to give you a puncher's chance every single day. And when you're only playing 60 games, every single day can really matter and really do some things. Then the rest of that division is trash. Detroit, who cares? Kansas City, washed. So my pick for the winning of the Central, I'm going to go with the Twins because they've been there before. And I'm going to go with second place, the White Sox. So in the expanded race, those two teams would automatically get in to the playoffs. Now we go to the AL West. Houston Astros. If Verlander could come back, I'm not going to disrespect them. They should win the division. Their offense speaks for itself. You got Bregman. You got Altuve. You got Correa. You got Guriel, You got... The Cuban Missile, Lefty. I can't think of his name right now, but he's also a problem. And then the rest of those guys just know how to play their role. And then you got Brantley, who's the greatest veteran ever. Just Lefty, smooth swing, going to give you what he's going to give you. And then in the stepping up for Verlander in the meantime is Grinky. And he's paid a bajillion dollars. So if he can't step up for you and at least like hold it down till Verlander gets back, then you're going to be tired of yourself because the rest of that pitching staff is suspect at best. But they have the talent, and they know how to win, so I'm expecting them to win the West. My second-place team, I'm going to go with the Oakland A's here. Why? They have a ton of young arms. Lazardo should be their ace by the time it's all said and done at the end of the season. They still got Chapman at third, anchoring that beautiful lineup. Olsen with a beautiful left-handed swing. They got the center fielder, who... By all means, should have a great season this year, Liriano. And everybody else just falls in line, knows how to make contact. That team is the king of analytics. They're the godfathers of the whole thing. So I think they're going to be fine. The Angels are going to piss away another year of Mike Trout's career, his prime, everything. He should have never signed with them, ever. There's no way on God's green earth that I would have signed the contract that he signed with them because he could have got that contract from any other team. So that was a mistake, Mike child. Mistake. And Shohei atani I love him. But he's not going to be able to pitch and hit at the same time. It's just not going to work out for them. So I think the A's are going to do nothing but be trash. Seattle Mariners. Sorry, guys. Trash. Texas Rangers. Trash. Kluber's already hurt. He threw one inning. One inning, guys. And he's out for four weeks. And he's supposed to be your ace. Trash. Then we're going to go to the National League, the National League East. Now, mind you, I want you to know that I am a current resident of the area of Philadelphia. I'm forced to watch the Phillies and everything Philadelphia because I'm in this damn market. And I'm not optimistic about their chances this year. Here's why. You got the Mets. You got the Braves. Both have significantly better pitching staffs than the Phillies. The Phillies have more money. But for some reason, those two teams have better pitching staffs. Atlanta's team is loaded. Loaded with young talent. And they're led by the veteran, Freeman, who's the man. Got COVID. Fought COVID. Came back to be with his mans. You got Albies on a ridiculously cheap contract. You got Acuna, ridiculously cheap contract. And everybody else just falls in line. Swanson, all these other guys. They're just, they're okay. They're not great. But they do their jobs. Their pitching staff, young, loaded, explosive arms, they're going to be fine. They've won a division the last two years. They're chilling. The Mets, they got the Grom, man. All you need is the Grom. The Grom, every fifth day, is going to get you a dub. And if we learn anything from the Nationals this past year is if you have one starting pitcher and a possible, you're going to be fine. The Grom is the one. The possible is whoever they put in second. Doesn't matter. As long as a person can give him six good innings, in theory, they should be fine. Cause you got my man Dylan Bethantes, ex-Yankee, steady right arm out of the bullpen. They got Diaz. What a waste of space he is. But he's gonna get you a save every five chances. Cause he's gonna blow the other four. God, he's terrible. Then you got the washed-up Cano, which can still give you something every once in a while. You got Peter Alonso, a beast from the right side. You got Cespedes, the Cuban missile, who's gonna be decent until he. Falls in a pothole again. And then the rest of that team, they're just good bats. Comforto Rosario, and the list goes on. They're good bats, man. They're going to put the ball in play. They're going to do what they got to do. Their defense is not bad. They're fine. The Phillies have a puncher's chance at the wild card. Why? They got Zach Wheeler. X-Met, throws hard, throws consistent, always in the strike zone. They're fine. The rest of their pitching staff, God, who knows? Jake Arietta washed, washed. Terrible contract. Should have never signed that man to what they did, but that's fine. Then they got the supposed ace of the staff. What's his name? Nolan Aranata. Is that him? Yep, Nolan Aranata, ladies and gentlemen. Nope, that's not. Nolan Aranata is third baseman for the Colorado Rockies. Who is? Oh, Nola. That's his name. Nola. Nola is supposed to be the ace of that staff, and he's trash. He's trash. The Phillies have lost... His last eight starts. So the last eight times this man has taken a mound, the Phillies have not won the game. Nine innings. He hasn't gone all nine. They still haven't won. He's also 0 for 8 in his last eight starts, meaning he can't even put himself in a position to win a damn game. That's sad all in itself. Their lineup, formidable. You got Hoskins. You got my man Bryce Harper. Waste of a contract, but hopefully he gives you a decent year. You got Muto, who, if any other given year, Riamuto would have left the Philadelphia Phillies because they're not trying to give him that money. But because of this shortened season, financially, baseball is going to be screwed next year. He's got a chance to stay with the Phillies for another year. Then you got McCutcheon. He's washed. You got my man, Didi Gregorius, in, short- in shortstop. Love him. Already off to a hot start. Two home runs in three games. He's popping. But he's not going to be enough. Sagir... Zagir is good, man. Zagir's a consistent bat. But he's not going to be enough. And of course, you always got the obnoxious. John Kruk. Fucking talking baseball. John Kruk is terrible. John Kruk probably did more drugs in his time in the major leagues than anybody else outside of Mitch the Wild Thing Williams, which is why the Philadelphia Phillies blew that World Series to the Blue Jays. God, that was awful. But John Kruk is terrible. As a broadcaster, he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. He's always going up and down. And for that reason alone, ladies and gentlemen, I am proving, I am thinking the Phillies are going to blow it. Because if you got to listen to that asshole talk about you every day for 60 games, I would be depressed too. So, all that to be said, we didn't even talk about the Nationals in that division, who are the clear-cut best team in that division if all things are created equal and everybody's healthy pitching staff-wise. Because they've done it, they got veteran hitters all around, and they have probably the best staff in the entire National League. So I got Washington winning the division. I got Atlanta in second place. And I got the Mets fighting for that wild card. Now we go to the NL Central. Who the hell knows? The NL Central is the most up and down division ever. You got the St. Louis Cardinals. Beautiful tradition. Their pitching staff led by Flaherty. Young arm, explosive, exciting. Exciting. Talks that talk. Stands with Black Lives Matter. That's impressive because he's white. Look at that. But is he enough? Who knows? Then you got Wainwright. Wainwright, they should put his ass to sleep. Wainwright should go to the bullpen or he should be a bench coach or something because he's just not somebody you need to depend on. If he's starting the second game of any series that matters, you're fucked. You're fucked. The offense, it's good. You got Goldschmidt, you got Molina, you got Wong, you got Dejong. That rhymes, but they are two different people. And you got a bunch of young people in the outfield. They're a decent team, but can they do it again? I'm not sure. You got the Cubs, the ginormous enigma of the National League. They got rid of Joe Madden, which I agree with. I think it was time for him to go. They bought in David Ross. Completely different personality, completely different coaching style, to manage the exact same team that he left, minus the few people. You got Javier Baez, budding superstar, waiting for a contract, swings at everything. When he makes contact, it goes. When he doesn't, doesn't look pretty. You got Rizzo, great leader, lefty bat, patient. You got Bryant at the three at the at the at third base. Wants a contract, probably doesn't even want to be there. But knows he needs to ball out so he can justify the max contract that he's going to get. Second base, shit show. If you're counting on Kipnis to do anything for you, he's washed. You got Jay Happ or John Happ. Switch hitter. Up and down. He just needs to stay on the left side. He is terrible on the right side. He just needs to stay hitting on the left side. Just like Jason Hayward needs to never hit again. All Jason Hayward is good for is a fantastic go glove in right field, and a ground ball double play every single time somebody's at first base. God, his bat is awful. Absolutely awful. And Carl Schwerber, this is going to work out for Kyle. Why? The universal DH is really going to help him because that man does not belong in the outfield. And that's not a knock on him. Some people are just meant to hit and do nothing else. I had a best friend. still have a best friend. His name is Turtle. Turtle was a hell of a lefty bat. The man could mash. The man had no business being behind the plate. Partially because he damaged his shoulder playing football, but he knew his role. What a hell of a DH. Had no business being behind the plate. And that's how I feel about Cox Stay your ass at the plate. Sit your ass down when everybody's playing defense and cheer really, really, really loud. Because you are awful in the outfield. Awful. But that being said, I still like the bat. The rest of that division, eh? I don't really, I don't like the Milwaukee Brewers, man. I don't like them. I think that they have one of the best top five players in the game, and outside of that, I'm just not impressed with their team. I'm just not. They got some young guys that could do something maybe, but their pitching staff is shaky at best. Craig Council's the man. I think he does a hell of a job with what he has, but it's a tiny market team. I just don't see him competing this year. So I got the Cubs winning the division. I got the Cardinals just by program and history on some, like, Bill Belichick shit, except not as successful. Coming to second place, I got Milwaukee fighting for a wild card, but I just don't think Yelich is going to be enough. And last but not least, the trash-ass West. The NL West has the worst talent. Outside of the Dodgers and the Padres, the other three teams can go, they can go home. They can all get COVID. No, wait, let me take that back. That's not nice. I don't want anybody to die or contract COVID. So let me take that back. They can all sprain their ankles and need to be on a 60 day IR and nobody would care. Why? Because they're inconsequential. The Dodgers are the clear cut favorites, that division of the entire National League. So we're not even going to talk about who's going to win that division. But I think the Padres are a dark horse. Not just to win second place, but I think that the Padres are a dark horse to go far in the playoffs. That's right. I said it. Far. Not just Unching, Not just one round. I think they can go far. Why? Fernando Tatis Jr. is a beast. Manny Machado a beast. Both of them, super young. Will Myers has something to prove, hell of a bat, hell of a talent, always wants to be traded, always in trade talks, he probably doesn't want to be traded. They got great young arms in the rotation and in the farm system that they can bring up and down throughout the 60-game season. The bullpen, top, what, three in baseball, all of baseball? That's saying something. And they got talent all around the field, all around. Profar, I think he's going to have a decent season. Finally get to prove himself as a worthy candidate for all the prospect talk he's had all those years. He was in Texas and he was trash. I don't think it was all his fault, but still, trash. But I just think that's the dark horse. I think the Padres, if they can get in, especially with the first series being three games, best of three, second series being best of five, anything can happen. Anything can happen. I like them. I like them to go further than most people think i like them to do some things, but ultimately, it's the Dodgers and everybody else in the National League, and it's the Yankees and everybody else in the American League, but baseball's back. First couple days were fantastic. The Marlins may have ruined this entire shit for everybody. Hopefully, they can get that shit under control. Everybody in Philly stays clean, hopefully. The Yankees come in. We salvage two of these three games. And we keep baseball rolling. They tighten up their protocols. And we get through at least 30 games before they shut it down. Because I don't see us playing 60, ladies and gentlemen. I don't see us getting through 60 baseball games in a regular season at all. It's just not going to happen. Not before the second shutdown comes. But hopefully we get 30 games. We get some mental peace. Some mental relaxation. And we keep it moving. Yankees. Dodgers. Go Yankees. Everybody else figure it out. We'll see you in 2022 because 2021 is gonna be a wrap if we don't get our shit together. Whoa buddy Monday we out here we are three days away from the restart of the NBA. I don't know about you but I am fucking excited. I'm excited Basketball is my thing, it's my jam, it's my love, and I'm super hype about it. So we're going to talk about it. We got 22 teams in the bubble, the fucking successful bubble, by the way. Shout out to Adam Silver, shout out to everybody that's involved with the NBA, shout out to all the reporters that are risking it all to be out there. In the bubble, away from their families to cover the NBA. Shout out to all the players that are out there. Especially shout out to the players with the trash ass teams that have no fucking chance of doing anything at all. But they're there to make sure that everybody gets their checks. Because at the end of the day, it's a business. The NBA needs to do what they gotta do to make sure that everybody gets their checks. Nobody takes a significant L. And hopefully, hopefully, we get things turned around from a society standpoint, and we have a 2021 season. Hopefully. So, the NBA is back, y'all. 22 teams in the bubble. It's finna be some trouble starting Thursday, y'all. We're kicking things off with, what do you expect? We got eight games. Every team will play eight We don't know how this is going to go because some teams really got it all locked up. Some teams are fighting for the last few positions. But either way, it should be interesting. My thoughts from the scrimmages are as follows. This shit looks like NBA 2K. So shout out to NBA 2K for predicting the future. Clearly you were plugged into the Matrix. You knew what we didn't know. Because damn, does it look very, 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 very similar. I personally think it's popping. I think it's exciting to hear the rest of the players cheering for their peoples. I love the fact that you can hear the ball bouncing. You can hear some of the trash talk that's going on. You can hear some of the coaching that's going on. I think that's all fantastic. What I would love is a little bit more audio. I would love to be able to be plugged in for an extra cost. I, I would be Glad to pay that cost to be able to hear the players talk, to be able to hear the coaches coach. I want to hear that. I think if I'm an aspiring coach, I think if I'm an inspiring player, or if I just want to be involved with the NBA in general, I think I would love to hear what really goes on on the bench while the game is going on, what the coaches are saying to one another, what the players are saying to one another in the timeouts. I want to hear the conversation between the ref and the player about a missed call or a missed opportunity. I want to hear that stuff. And I want to pay a premium for it because I'm not paying for anything else right now. There's no crowd noise. There's no meaningful games for some of these people until we get into the playoffs itself, right? So give me the opportunity to give you my money to hear some shit that I would normally never hear. The worst I can say is, nah, I'm good. I don't want to pay for it, right? But if I get to hear it and I want to pay for it, well, fuck, that's better than virtual reality. I don't want to put on some VR shit and pay $400 for a whole fucking set to seem like I'm sitting courtside. Fuck that. Let me jump on an app on my laptop with a group of my friends. Let's say five friends, right? Total, me and four other people. Let's say the other four people, each grab a different player, and we get to listen to a game where all five people we hear that shit. What's being talked? What's being said? Timeouts during the game. I want to hear the trash talk. I don't want to have to pay fucking $3,000 for a seat on the baseline to hear this shit. Like, let me just hear this shit in my house. I'm fucking bored. I might be scared, COVID, terrified. Maybe I'm broke. Maybe I just lost my job. Maybe I'm tired of my wife. Maybe I hate my dog because I've been dealing with them for 24 hours a day, for seven days a week, for the first time ever. Like, give me the opportunity, NBA. Fucking capitalize. Let me live, yo. That's my tangent. I'm sorry. We're coming back. All right, so we got 22 teams in a bubble. And we're going to walk down this list. The Bucks and the Lakers. Nothing to play for in these last eight games, ladies and gentlemen. They're just going to fine-tune their machinery. That's all they're going to do. Keep everybody healthy. Make sure LeBron and fucking Giannis don't catch anything related to COVID. I don't even want these niggas to cough. They should be in their own section. Like, there's a section in the middle of the court that's encased in plastic, right? That's how LeBron James and Giannis Antetokounmpo should walk around the entire Orlando bubble. They should be walking around... In a fucking bubble. By themselves. They should be in a big ass ball of bubble. Where you can't do anything but high five the plastic around them. I'm 100% fine with that. Imagine a gerbil. Take out the gerbil on the wheel. Put in LeBron and Giannis. And I'm Gucci with that. And they should be Gucci with that too. Because it guarantees that they're healthy throughout the entire time. So we're not going to talk about them. They're fine. The Raptors. The Raptors are going to the Eastern Conference Finals, y'all. You heard it here first. I'm not saying the Bucks are going to make it. But I'm telling you the Raptors will be there. Why? Because they know how to. And they're fucking tight. That the only person that thinks they can make it back to the finals is Drake. Is Drake. And Drake has a bigger house that entire team combined can afford. So, of course, they're motivated. They're super motivated. Plus, Drake sent them all candles with a personal message. And I don't know about you, but if I got a candle from Drake i kind of be excited because that means that Rihanna may come with him at some point. I'm hyped. The Clippers. I really like the Clippers, y'all. I really like the Clippers. I think they're heavier favorites than the Lakers. Not because I hate on LeBron. I think LeBron is fantastic. I think he's the best player in the world right now. MJ forever. But I think LeBron is the man right now. I think AD is having a phenomenal season. Being able to just chill, not have the pressure of having to answer all the questions. Just going and being able to ball out without no care in the world, I think is, is a peaceful thing for him. But I just think in a seven-game series, Frank Vir- Vogel and Jason Kidd versus Doc Rivers? Pfft, not even a question. Not even a question. Plus, you're going to have KG texting Doc Rivers. Throughout the fucking finals, like, yo, do this, do that. Who the fuck is texting Frank Vogel? Who? Not Paul George. He's on the other team. Not David West. He's Steve Kerr forever because he got him a chip. Probably closely followed second by Greg Popovich. Right? I don't think Frank Vogel is in his top five favorites on iPhone. He ain't getting a text from nobody. Nobody. And Jason Kidd is the most selfish nigga in the history of the world. Jason Kidd is not sharing his information with Frank Vogel. Why? Because he wants the whole shit to be sabotaged so that he can coach LeBron James next year and be the reason why they win a title and bring a title back to L.A. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it, y'all. So I got the Clippers as the heavy favorites in the West, followed closely by the Lakers. The Celtics are my team to come out of the entire East because Jason Tatum has completely blossomed into the person that we all, as Duke fans, thought he would be when he was at Duke. I am terrified of what's going on with Kimba Walker's knees. But if he can figure out a way to get through it, if you give me Yukon Kimba channeling his Big East Madison Square Garden performance for an entire playoffs with Jalen Brown being the nigga that you tap on when you say, yo, I can't do it no more. And Jalen was like, yo, I got you. I think Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are enough with the brain power of Bradley Stevens to really, 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 really push and supersede the Bucks and come out of the East. And I think the Celtics and the Heat, I think I heard Jalen Rose say that. I think Jalen Rose called that. So I'm not going to take credit for it. But I really think that the Celtics and the Heat will be the Eastern Conference Finals matchup. If Bam Adebayo was one more year in, I think he'd have they'd have a better chance. I love Tyler Hero; he's the IG superstar of COVID. I really like Robinson and his three point prowess, but they are the poor man's version of Stephen Clay. And by poor, I don't mean like the Walmart version. They're like the uh. Kmart before that shit went defunct, they're not even close to what Steph and Clay could be, are, but they can make it fun. Jimmy Butler, I love him. Love Jimmy Butler, but I think Timberdough has ran a lot of those thread on that tires, and I think Jimmy Butler's got just a little bit left in him, but not enough to overtake the Celtics and all that talent, and all that youth in the East. The Nuggets, man, I like the Nuggets. I just don't think that Jokic and all that weight loss is enough. Murray hasn't decided to be, like, on some fucking shit. Devin Booker has decided to be on some fucking shit. I feel bad for Devin Booker because the Suns are fucking trash. Aiton, DeAndre Aiton, what a fucking waste. What a, oh my God, what a waste. That whole franchise Is a fucking waste. And the fact that he's now dating Kendall Jenner and is not half the basketball player as Ben Simmons is from an impact standpoint. So when you got to go against Ben Simmons in a game, and you know you can put up 60 on a trash team, but Ben Simmons can give you triple-double stats on a winning team. There's no way that you could look at that man and be like, nah, my dick is bigger than yours. It's not. It's not. And he had Kendall Jenner like three separate times. You're literally now the fucking seventh sloppy seconds in the NBA list of people that have had sex with Kendall Jenner. And so I just don't think that on the court, that's going to translate to success. Why? Because he's going to be talking shit. I want to pay to hear that. They don't let us. But I would give money to hear that. And I'm sure all you people that are trying to keep up with the Kardashians would too. Fucking Kanye West is out to lunch. So the best, the second best thing is Kendall Jenner sitting courtside via some streaming service. Wow, Ben Simmons and Devin Booker are really talking about your vagina. And how trash it is for every minority that loves a woman with a yake. A little bit of a yake. Piece of a yake. Why didn't you just get the yake? Kylie got the yake. Why you didn't you even get the yake? You're still our favorite Jenna, though. And by we, I mean me and my best friend who won't be named anonymously at a later time in this podcast. But the Phoenix Suns, fuck you. Sorry, guys. You're trash. The Denver Nuggets, not gonna happen. The Utah Jazz, I'm a firm believer of the person who gives COVID to the NBA cannot be successful. Rudy Gobert, not only is France... A fucking terrible place to visit besides the Eiffel Tower and your cheap-ass wine. God, you people are so fucking racist towards Americans, which is ironic as fuck because you people don't shave and you smell like trash. So I'm going to be a little bit racist to you. Fuck you, ridicule bear. Fuck you for giving the NBA COVID. That's right. You gave the entire NBA COVID. And Donovan Mitchell should never trust you again, ever. Even though Donovan Mitchell needs to like look himself in the mirror and be like, why is Jason Tatum... Taking a ginormous step forward. Why is Jalen Brown taking a ginormous step forward? Why the fuck am I not doing what I did when I upset OKC in those playoffs a few years back? Why why, why haven't I not elevated my my stance? I got some sneakers. They're cute. It's fine. I got a cool nickname, Spider, but I haven't done shit since my rookie year to warrant any of that stuff. But nobody seems to talk about that. So you got him and Rudy Gobert on the same team. That's it. That's it. Mike Connell. Mike Connolly, I love you, man. But you and Marcus all were two peas in a pot. You took one of those peas out the pod. That shit is just water. That's it. You're trash. I love you, but you're trash. OKC, Chris Paul. Chris Paul, you have given one of our childhood people a voice again. Carlton is back, baby, thanks to you and those Allstate commercials. And because of that, I'm giving you a puncher's chance in the Western Conference semifinals. I think with you, Shea Gilgis as Alexander. You got Robertson back, whose defensive presence is beyond measure to that team. You got a good coach. And you got Steven Adams, a.k.a. Aquaman, a.k.a. Jason Mimosa, which is crazy that his name is synonymous with a brunch drink. I think you guys have a great chance because I don't think the Rockets have a chance. Rockets, you guys can go carry yourselves. Why? Because D'Antoni is a lame dunk coach. He's not coming back next season. You're not bringing him back. I'm sorry. Eric Gordon is the man, but he cannot move. Outside the three point line, James Harden is so giving a fuck about what everybody thinks about him. And if he just channeled a tenth, a twentieth of Westbrook's fuck you, pay me, and suck my dick attitude, I think you guys would be great. But he's not. And he's shown year after year after year after year after year after year after year. After year that you cannot depend on this man when it counts most. And when it counts most is the Western Conference Finals. Short every time. The one time minutes in NBA Finals, short. And he was the best six man in that entire fucking series. Name me one bench player from the Miami Heat that was better than James Harden in the Heat versus OKC Finals. Go ahead. I'll wait. Mm hmm. You know what? James Harden's still waiting, too, for anybody else to be named. Anybody else to justify why the hell this guy is trash when it matters the most. So I don't care what you do in the regular season, bro. I don't care. You are shit in the postseason. And you have your own fucking sneaker, which is unjustifiable. Just like fucking Donovan Mitchell having his own fucking basketball sneaker. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I forget who was quoted in the NBA by saying it, but he was right. There should be three to five people that have an NBA Signature shoe. Everybody else should be fucking wearing what everybody else is wearing. Because you guys are all trash and don't deserve your own sneakers. But that's a spiel for another podcast. The Pacers. It's not going to happen. You just lost the bonus. Victor Oladipo is questioning every second of every day why he should come back. Except for the fact that you guys are holding him hostage. By saying you won't pay him. Not you, but the NBA. Because the Pacers are willing to pay him. Because they know they're going to retain him. Well, because the NBA won't let you pay him unless he doesn't play. He's going to have to play to get his money. He's going to be tight. He's not going to be invested because you lost a bonus. You have no chance in the East now. And he's going to be half-assed. So that's not happening. The 76ers. I'm going to save you for later. For the sake of the fact that I'm doing this podcast in a basement of one of my best friends who lives in Philadelphia And I want to leave this place with all my limbs. So we're going to go to the Mavericks. You got Porzingis. I think Porzingis is going to be okay, guys. He's over a year removed from his ACL tear. He was balling before the restart happened. I think he's going to be okay. Luka Doncic, Luka. Luka's the man. And he finally got a pair of sneakers that he can wear all day, every day, provided by my man MJ, the GOAT. He's going to be fantastic. He's going to have something to prove. And international travel is now banned thanks to COVID. So my man is literally stuck here. Has to make the best of it. Why not just win the whole damn thing, right? That's what I say. Plus, Seth Curry, to God, he's finally going to be able to show himself outside of Steph's shadow without Steph being in... The playoffs this year. Seth, I want you to enjoy it. I want you to live it out because your brother's coming back next year and nobody's going to care about you. The Nets. Who the fuck cares? Who the fuck cares? Seriously, you got good jerseys. That's it. I'm not even going to talk about you because you're all about next year anyway, so I'm going to be on next year with you. Good luck. The Magic. I don't know what to make of you guys. I like Aaron Gordon. I like Mo Bamba, I like Vujovic, I even like Clifford as a coach, I don't know if you guys like yourselves enough though, so I don't know what to think about you guys, but I think you have a chance, it's the East, everybody has a fucking chance in the East, the East is trash, so I'm gonna give you a puncher's chance to do something fun in the bubble in your own fucking state, so we'll see how that goes, the Pelicans, I don't know man, I want you guys to be good. I'm a huge Duke guy, so obviously you have J Langdon at the helm. You got JJ keeping that streak alive. And he has a great podcast, by the way. Shout out to JJ Reddick and his podcast. You got Zion, the man, the myth, hopefully one day the legend. You got Okaford down there. You got Hayes. I mean, you got a boatload of fucking talent on that team, man. And you got the greatest leader ever, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday, you're the man. The 76ers are still regretting letting you go. You are by far one of the best human beings ever. And you're super fucking talented on both sides of the ball. And defensively, the fact that you bring it every single night is a testament to your fucking will and your determination. And your overall talent as, as a basketball player. But... I just don't know. I mean, I don't I don't know what kind of Zion we're going to get. Are we going to get super in shape Zion that's ready to just tear everybody up? Are we going to get out of shape Zion? Are we going to get half in shape, half out of shape Zion? I don't know, man. And that one walk again where they just kind of put their size on you and then the marriage did the same thing and you kind of struggled for a half in both games, man. I'm kind of worried about you. But hopefully you prove me wrong. Hopefully you do some shit, rack it up, and maybe you guys make it to the Western Conference Semifinals. Maybe the finals of the Western Conference? I don't see you making it to the NBA finals, but if you did, that would be a fucking pleasant surprise. The Grizzlies, John Morant. John Morant, you're going to be a problem for years to come. So is Jaron Jackson. So is Grayson Allen. Dylan Brooks, holy shit that you change your fucking career from a role player to maybe an all-star one day. Dylan Brooks, congratulations to you, man. Fuck, I did not expect that from you, Dylan Brooks, at all. At all. Milton? Shaq Milton? Man, good for you, bro. That team is full of people that nobody ever thought outside of John Morant. And even then, they probably questioned him, but they shouldn't have because my man balled out in college. It was a small school, but it doesn't matter. Fucking college is college. He still balled out. I don't think that this time is your time. I think the NBA restart, the fact that we took a break kind of fucked you guys up. Um, I would have loved to see what you guys would have done if I went all the way through. But if there's one team that could make noise in the restart, it's you guys. Because I think the youth movement and young legs is going to win out over these old dudes. Unless you're LeBron James and you have an amazing, amazing, amazing exercise regimen, body care regimen, and you're just pumping more money. LeBron James puts more money into his body after hours than most players make in an NBA season. Shout out to LeBron James for that, by the way. The Blazers. I want the Blazers to win the NBA Finals. I think Dame Dollar is one of the realest dudes to ever, 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 ever step on a basketball court. And CJ McCullum is the man. Not only because he knocked out my, my Blue Devils. And the first round coming from Lehigh University, a, a school that I hear I hold near and dear to my heart for many, many reasons, none of which are because they knocked out the Duke Blue Devils, who I love forever. But CJ McComb is the man. Love him to death. Carmelo, he deserves a championship so much. Great guy, great basketball player. We'll keep it at that. I think the Blazers, I want the Blazers to win but I just don't see it. But I give him a puncher's chance to get to the Western Conference Finals 100%. Sacramento Kings. <sighs> De'Aaron Fox. Good for you. Giles. You're doing better, man. You're doing better. Marvin Bagley. Stop talking shit on social media and fucking get healthy and do something because you have so much fucking talent. Duke Blue Devil. But, man, have you done nothing, nothing in the NBA that warrants the fact for you to say, oh, man, I will show you guys. Just stop talking shit. I'm going to show you guys. Really? Shut the fuck up and stop talking shit yourself and just show us. Because right now, to date, you have done nothing but continuously get hurt and be fucking suspect when you're on the court with your bum-ass suspect game. Fucking get a jump shot. Jesus Christ, man. Coach K probably told you that back in the day. Get a fucking jump shot, Marvin Bagley, and prove yourself. Stop talking shit. You sound like Trevor Duvall, except he's not in the fucking league and you are. So man up. San Antonio Spurs. Sorry, Greg Pop. I love you, man. But you shouldn't be down there because your team is not doing anything. The Suns. We talked about this earlier. Your whole entire organization can implode and nobody would care. Except maybe Charles Barkley because he lives down there every once in a while. I think you guys should go to Seattle with new ownership, and maybe you'll have an opportunity to do something. And last but not least, the fucking Washington Wizards. First of all, you should be a disgraced for being in the same place as the President of the United States of America. What a shit show that guy is. But it makes sense because your fucking organization is a shit show. Bradley Beal, good for you. There's no way you deserve to go to that bubble. Nor should you have even volunteered for the fucking bubble. Because your team had nothing to do with that at all. John Wall, gotta hope you come back. I really, 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 really hope you come back. Because if not, all that shit you're talking on all these other podcasts about I'm taking notes. And everybody's going to regret the fact that they were talking all this crap. I hope you really come back and back that up. Because right now there's a bunch of young dudes at your position that are problems. And if you can't come back and do what you said you was going to do, brother, there's no reason to justify that contract. But there's 100% of a reason to justify why Adidas is trying to get out of your contract. Because you trash, and you definitely can't sell sneakers. So, Washington, kudos to you for showing up with a G League team, because that's exactly what deserved to be in that bubble. A G League team. So my NBA Welcome back. Summarization is this. Clippers. Celtics. NBA Finals. The league celebrates as the only league to get through, finish the playoffs, and get to NBA Finals. When the Finals is crowned, it's going to be the most lackluster shit we've ever seen in our lifetime. Because everybody's going to be slapping each other's hands. Timidly, nobody's gonna hug because they don't know if their last test came back negative or positive, and nobody's gonna care because there's gonna be no fans there, no fans there. But you have gotten your money, and that's all that matters. And you would have given America, especially minority America, the peace of mind of forgetting that we're getting choked out and killed every day in the streets for being colored. And we would have gotten some salvation for four seconds Of crowning a championship In the game that most of us can relate to Because whether you have a net Single rim Or a double rim If there's a court out there You're gonna go shoot Because the only way to find your wife Or your husband Or your partner Is to shoot your shot And you're the only sport that says that And has that Ping! All right, so just like I was stating earlier, I'm in my man's basement doing this podcast. And so we have to address the 76ers, the elephant in the room. So here's the thing with the 76ers, man. I really trust nobody, nobody on that fucking team. We got Ben Simmons now moving to the power forward position, which is probably his natural position, right? But do we trust him? He can't fucking shoot for shit. Can't shoot. Then we got Joel Embiid, the big man with a shoe contract. Why? Why does he have a shoe contract? Can anybody tell me why Joel Embiid, outside of the fact that he can sell shoes in third world countries where the shoes get made? Can anybody tell me why his has a shoe contract? Nope. Me neither. Cool. Can't figure it out. Great. Do you trust Brett Brown? I don't. I trust him to get a text message from Greg Popovich. That's about it, though. I'm a Duke guy, like I said several times on this podcast. So, Elton Brand, I want to trust you. You helped me bring a championship to Duke. But I can't trust you. Because how the fuck do you choose anybody, anybody on that team to give a max contract to Over Jimmy Butler. Unless you were trying to tell Joel Embiid from the jump... Hey bro, I don't like you. Right? So here's my problem. The Sixers. They have no chemistry. They're two stars. Don't like each other. Ben Simmons. Ex-girlfriend. On again girlfriend. Is having sex with the entire NBA. The entire NBA. And Joel Embiid is laughing at this nigga like... "Hey." My girlfriend's not doing that. She's in my apartment in Philadelphia holding it down. And you don't have a jump shot, bro. I got a jump shot, but you don't have a jump shot. So you want me to trust this team to get to what? The Eastern Conference Finals? No, fuck that. I don't even trust them to get to the Eastern Conference Semifinals. Why? Because there's the Bucks. And there's the Celtics. And there's the Heat. And there's mm, anybody else. That's not the fucking Sixers. Because I think the Indiana Pacers, if Oladipo plays, will be better. Why? Because they actually like each other. They actually like each other. So, in the grand scheme of things, do I trust the 76ers? I don't. I don't. I don't trust Brett Brown. I don't trust Ben Simmons' jump shot. I don't trust Joel B's ability to lose weight and feel great. And overall, I just don't trust the city of Philadelphia, who has now given COVID to the Marlins and almost ruined our baseball season. Bryce Harper's fault. Fuck you, Phillies. Fuck 97.5, the fanatic. Fuck the Eagles. Ha. All right. So, to recap Scrapyard, podcast one baseball, we have Yankees, Tampa, White Sox, Twins, Oakland, Astros, Atlanta, Washington. Cubs, Cardinals, Padres, Dodgers. Everybody else, who knows. NBA, Clippers, Celtics, everything else for fun. And as we end it, we end it on a fun note. Lou Williams, if you got wings named after you, a magic city, and the food is as good as the booty. Then, by all means, brother, it's your duty to get those free wings, cause I don't think you're getting the NBA money for food if you're outside the bubble. So good for you, bro. MLB, get your protocol in check. You wanna six games. We gave you 60 games. Do not get our dick hard. And then just leave us hanging. Because you fucking up on the protocol. My man Adams from the Jets. Way to go, bro. Who cares about the Jets? Seattle, you're wild for paying that. But you gotta do what you gotta do. Hey, it's not the 49ers, so I'm happy with it. WNBA, welcome back. I hope that everything you do is impactful. I hope that you guys, sorry, you women, make a huge difference in the hearts and minds of all our nieces and nephews and daughters across the board. Because you need to change the lives and the minds of men just as much as women. NFL. Please don't fuck this up. Please don't fuck this up. We all have fantasy football writing on this. If you fuck this up, we will literally have nothing else to do but anoint the NBA the best league in the world. You fucking blew it on Colin Kaepernick. You fucking blew it on your halftime show selection. God, why do we have to see Maroon 5? And Adam Levine shirtless. What the fuck? And then you now you're gonna blow it on this bullshit? Like, come on, NFL. Like, there's but so many L's you can take before we just stop wanting to watch. We still need to watch because our NFL fantasy teams depend on it. And overall, thank you for listening to episode one of the scrapyard. I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, I really don't care. Why? Well because Nobody else cares. So why the fuck should I? We out. Episode two coming soon, baby. Bow.